Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today we're going to talk chocolate bread. And yes, this really is a bread-like texture. It's sweet, but not that sweet, and it really is something that you'll taste the chocolate first rather than the sugar. I would describe it as chocolate decadence. And it's not a quick bread, so it's not cake-like, you know, like our chocolate zucchini loaf is, which I'll cover in another podcast. This loaf is a truly bread-like yeasted loaf that you have to knead. You got to let it proof, just like any normal yeasted bread. So it truly is pretty unique. And once it's sampled, people can't resist purchasing the loaf. And I know when it's hot out of the oven, it's hard for me to resist too. Thankfully, we only make this bread for the month of February, or occasionally we'll introduce it for like Mother's Day, because it really is one of those breads that I know it may not be that good for me, but I find it very hard to resist. (laughs) All right, so the recipe I'm going to cover is going to produce two loaves, or if you wanted to produce, these are baked on a sheet pan, so you could produce 12 of them if you wanted, but they're just going to be much smaller. Um, And so we had done that as well. So we generally produced a bigger two pound loaf and one pound loaf, but we also made smaller ones and we sold them more like a pastry. It really is up to you, the size of them. You just want to keep it consistent or adjust your baking time. Because if you put a two pound loaf in there and a four ounce size, the four ounce size is going to bake much quicker. And you guys probably already knew that. So I'm going to go through the ingredients. I will also include it in the show notes so you don't necessarily have to write everything down. It's a half a cup of warm water, approximately 100 degrees. Turn your faucet on, let it get warm, like the kind of temperature that you want to wash your hands in. And then a half a cup of brewed coffee that's still very warm. And we had to change the recipe in the bakery because I had well, our recipes are a lot bigger, right? So um, it was like two cups of coffee. And and <laughs> one time I came in the bakery and mm, something's wrong with that chocolate bread. And I tasted it. Well, he put two cups of coffee grounds in there, not the coffee. So we adjusted the recipe to say brewed coffee. And then a half a cup of milk. We use regular milk, but you're welcome to use skim milk, whatever you prefer or you can substitute a nut milk. Two packages or one and three-fourths tablespoon of active dry yeast. Three cups of unbleached flour. I prefer to use bread flour because it's got a little bit higher protein content. And then one cup of wheat flour. And if you have your choice of wheat flours, I prefer to use a little bit lighter wheat flour, which is the gold or the white whole wheat. If you want to know more about flours, I covered that in episode one. And if you don't have gold or white whole wheat for your wheat flour, just use what you have. And then a quarter cup of granulated sugar, a quarter cup of cocoa unsweetened. And this is cocoa powder. A quarter cup of butter that's very soft, one egg and one tablespoon of salt. And so what we do at the bakery is we take the milk, put it in the microwave, and then we take the hot coffee, we put it in a pitcher, and then we put the butter right in there. And that kind of partially melts the butter for you. And it's fine if it gets 
melted. It's not like you're making cookies, so it's okay to have melted butter in this. I just don't want it hard. So I'd rather you err on the side more melted than less because if it's hard, it's not going to distribute well in the dough. So if you're using the packets, I always recommend first to test the yeast. And just basically that just means put it in a bowl and put a little water in there and it should start to bubble in a few minutes. And if it's not bubbling at all, try throwing a little sugar in there and that usually helps it just quickly to that and start its action, which is an, it's a bubbling on you, emitting carbon dioxide. If you're good to go, if you see that reaction, I'm going to go through two ways of kneading this dough. And like I said, it is a yeasted product. It needs to be kneaded. You need to develop the gluten in this product. By hand, basically you can put in everything at once. Um, it is considered a straight dough. The dough should be a little sticky in the beginning. And then when you start to get it, I tend to knead a little bit even in the bowl. So it's just basically pulling it and pushing it. And then when it starts to get less sticky, right, after about a minute or so of that, then just go ahead and put it on your table and start the kneading process. Start with the palm of your hand, pushing down and away from you. Turn it. Once again, do that again. And I have in the show notes, there's a, a link to the YouTube video that I discussed more about kneading. And then also, too, I specifically did one with a mixer in our bakery for this bread. Then also to the shaping for this type of loaf. That may be helpful as well. So in the mixer, it's the same type of thing. You're going to put it on a medium setting, let it mix for about four to six minutes, and then you're going to feel it, right? You turn the mixer off and you put your hand and you feel the dough. If it's sticky to the point it's difficult to pull your hand away, then just add like a tablespoon of flour at a time. Conversely, if the dough feels tough and it's not sticky at all, then mix a couple of minutes longer and add in like a tablespoon of either milk or water at a time. And once you get to the good dough stage, so you've got your gluten development, you've mixed it either by hand about eight minutes or so, by the machine by about six minutes, and you should get to that good dough stage. So once you're there, now is when you want to add in additional chocolate. So we add in white chocolate and dark chocolate chips. And the reason that I like to add in the white and dark, because it really is a contrast. It's a look thing in some ways because they got the white chocolate chips and they can see the dark chocolate chips. And that's why we call this the triple chocolate bread. Now, if you don't have white chocolate chips, you don't need to go out and buy some, but that's the reason that this recipe has the white chocolate chips in it. And I really do recommend putting at least some chips into this bread because it really is a more of an intense flavor when you bite into the bread with the chocolate. Um, and like I said, I like the idea of it being chocolate forward. That's what you taste first. So now is when you want to add a half a cup of white chocolate chips and a half a cup of dark chocolate chips. The reason that we wait till the very end to add these things, and then you just want to mix until it's incorporated because if you add them in too early and then you got to adjust because the dough's too stiff, you have to add water or the dough's too wet and you have to add flour, you end up over mixing it. And what happens then is that basically the chocolate kind of disappears. So it's shorter shreds into the dough, not the end of the world, but you don't get that look 
of the color contrast and you don't get that flavor intensity from the chocolate chips. Okay, so now we're gonna go into shaping as a heart. Once again, it's not necessary to shape it as a heart, <laughs> but this is our Valentine's Day special. So it's just kind of fun to, to make it to a chocolate heart. So you wanna divide your dough in half and you, you pretty much just round each half. And then what you wanna take your palm and just basically flatten the dough so that it's consistently about two inches thick. And you're really making it more oval with the top half wider because that's going to be the top of your heart. And like I said, there's a YouTube video that will show you how to shape this guy. And then what you want to do is you want to cut the top in a good two inches and then separate it. And the reasons why I say a good two inches is because we've made the mistake of not cutting enough and giving the heart room to grow. So keep in mind, this loaf is going to proof a little bit before you put it in the oven, and then you're going to get your oven spring. And what's happened before, there was no more V. So it comes out of the oven, everything grew together. And so you kind of lose that heart look. How you want to form it is form it much more of a V shaped on top than you want the end product. So anticipate it coming in at least a half an inch on each side. Okay, and this is where you're going to get, let it rest again for another, you know, 20 to 40 minutes. And that really depends upon the temperature of your home. And you're not going to overproof this loaf. I mean, you can let it sit out for an hour. It, it really is not that's that um, much danger of that. If you have doubts about when to put it in the oven, just give it another 10 minutes. And it will get a little soft. It kind of gets a little bit more puffier. And then when you put it in the oven... And 350 degrees is a good temperature for this. And then you just also want to make sure in your shaping that you're consistent, that it's you know no more than two inches. Or if you want to make them an inch thick, that's fine. The point is it has to be consistent. Because if you have two inches thickness on one place, one inch over here, here's what's going to happen. It's going to overbake on the inch and it's going to be underbaked on the two inches. And you'd have to cut your heart to get it to bake properly. And we don't want you cutting your heart. <laughs> so just to keep it consistent from the beginning and you'll be good to go. And when you are baking products, I want you to put it in the middle of the oven. If you decide you'd like the idea of doubling this recipe, that's totally fine. But you got to keep in mind the capacity of your oven. So you can put half in the freezer and this dough will freeze. What I would suggest, let it go its first rise, which is an hour and a half and then freeze it. You wanna have most of the proofing already developed. And then if you wanna bake it later, just go ahead and pull it out of your freezer. And then it's gonna take, you know, probably five, six hours for it to get to room temperature. This dough, once it gets to room temperature, you can just shape it in your heart, let it go its second rising, and then put it in the oven. And how you tell this loaf is done is I recommend a thermometer. It has to get past 180 degrees. I like the window of about 185 as my target. And then I do recommend putting it on a wire rack to cool. If you don't have a wire rack, don't worry about it too much because that whole point is to avoid a soggy bottom. So when you're dealing with much more traditional loaves, which, you know, much higher, it's more of a risk of having that soggy bottom. So this one's not too bad. What I'd like to recommend you have with this loaf is you can 
have it for breakfast with coffee. It's really good that way. And I like to toast it. And you can even serve this with as dessert, like you would like a brownie or something. And just toast it and put a little ice cream or whipped cream on top. If this loaf doesn't sell, what we make out of this bread is we'll make chocolate biscotti. How you end up making biscotti is basically you would have to cut like one inch strips in the loaf and then you put it on a sprayed cookie sheet and you bake it at about 350 degrees for about 10 to 15 minutes until it looks like toasty on top. And then you flip it, you flip the slices over and you need to bake the other side. And it's usually about five to 10 minutes on the other side. When you're making biscotti, one side you, you bake longer than the other side. So the second side always gets like five, 10 minutes less. And they will be like the perfect texture for dipping in hot chocolate or coffee. As always, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the episode and happy baking.